Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, Mark and I are going to talk about the top five reasons for not getting started and I'll reply to it because essentially what's happening is a lot of you guys are emailing us, tweeting at us, talking to us and we realize that actually a lot of you guys still haven't even bought your domain or started your website and everyone seems to have a really good reason for that and the truth is these are fears that a lot of people are experiencing and so we're going to basically answer the main ones that we're receiving day in and day out, and how we would deal with it, etc. So, hey, Mark, how's it going? Pretty good, thanks. So, let's just get into it right away. And let's take the first one reason that people send us really, really frequently. Especially, this one comes mostly from people who are interested in online marketing, but nothing much else, you know, and is, I don't know what niche to pick. Yet. So, what do you tell these people? I mean, there's no straight up answer to this. I'm, you know, you can't obviously expect someone to be like, "What, what niche should I pick? Pick this one." Doesn't work easy, like that. Right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. But there's there's actually a lot of different answers to this, and um, they each each have their own own merits. I think overall, I would say it doesn't really matter too much what you pick. It's much better to just pick one and get going with it and get started than to procrastinate and spend months or years in some cases trying to figure that out. I remember when I first started, there was I looked around and I saw all these people doing all these things. And I thought, okay, I need to do something new and something different. And that was the kind of my mindset that I had to be unique somehow. But that's absolutely the wrong way of thinking it about it. You don't need to invent something new. In fact, very few people who, who have online businesses are inventing something brand new. They're just taking something else and presenting it in a different way or with a different style. So, you know, it's absolutely okay to pick a niche that someone else is, is in or indeed that many, many people are in. And in fact, when you do that, that's usually an indicator that there's money to be made in that market. So in fact, trying to do something unique is probably the wrong thing to do initially because it's untested or maybe other people have tried it and are just not making money so that's why no one's doing it so that being said i first if you're starting out i would definitely recommend pick something that you're interested in or pick something that you could be interested in so if you have no interest whatsoever in health and fitness don't start a health site just because other people are making money at it. I mean, people are making money in just about, yeah. just about every niche. So don't pick a niche because you see someone else making money in it. Pick it, and at least initially, pick it because you're interested in it, it or could become interested in it. So a good example of this is healthambition.com, <laughs> which is our site, which we, we started. Uh, it was the first kind of proper authority site we started together. And it just so happened, when we were brainstorming, it just so happened that I'd read the Tim Ferriss book, The 4-Hour Body, like a couple months before or something. And I wasn't really that into health and fitness, but there was a lot more, I had a big curiosity around it and I wanted to learn a bit more about it. So that wasn't something that I was interested in, but it was something that I knew I, I wanted to know more about and I would be happy researching and learning about. So that was definitely an, an influencer in, in making that decision there. 
And it might be difficult. You might sort of think to yourself, well, I have no interests. That's not true at all. I mean, everyone has interests. You just might not be aware of it. So, you know, like what kind of websites are you reading regularly? What kind of forums do you look at? What type of news do you consume? What do you do in your your spare time? It doesn't have to be something super obvious, like I'm interested in model trains, which is actually pretty good niche as, as I've heard. But it could be something a lot more subtle, like, I don't know, you, you're you really interested in saving money, or you're pretty good at budgeting and not going over budget. So personal finance is, is, is might not necessarily be something that you've thought actively thought about, but you just have that kind of natural instinct or, you know, I don't know what the word is, but natural kind of favoritism towards. And so maybe there's something in there that you could find. So... Yeah, that's kind of my main sort of point of view on it. Yeah, I think the test for you, if you're interested in niche enough, is to go and buy like one of the bestseller books on the topic in Amazon and see if you can finish the book and if you want to read more after. Because if you can't even read a whole book on the topic, then there's no way you're going to be running a successful site. No matter how far away from the content you are, you need to be somewhat interested in the topic. And I think actually challenging yourself to read a whole book and wanting to read more is a good way to know if it's something you could be interested in starting a website in. So just buy a book. If it's, as we say, if it's health and fitness, buy the four-hour body and read the whole thing. And if you find it interesting, then consider starting a site. If you don't, then do something else. So you can learn about DIY crafts and then, you know, maybe buy an origami book and try to do all the origamis in the book. And if you like it, then maybe you can start an origami site and so on. I think it's a good way to get it started. But I think another thing that you you say kind of is the making money part. And I think it's quite important. A lot of the stuff we do is actually by reverse engineering competition, whether it's content, whether it's email marketing, whether it's even like product offers and so on. It's Most of the time, it's inspired from another side doing something quite similar. And we know we can do it better. We know we can do it different. Or we just know that we have access to the traffic. It's basically one of these things. And so if you have an idea for, I don't know, how to do cotton candy sculpture, maybe look for another site that makes money in this niche before you actually start a website as well. There's, there's probably not a lot of people looking to learn that. And as a result, you can't make a lot of money. So if you want to build a site that can replace your income, you can go for that niche most likely. So that's the two things. Pick something you're interested in and pick something that can make money. Now, this is basically how you pick your niche. And I might actually be delivering my choosing a niche for an authority site lead magnet in these show notes as well. So if you go on uh, the Authority Hacker podcast page, authorityhacker.com slash podcast and find this podcast, you'll be able to download the PDF that we've created. And the second question that we usually get is people have found what they like in terms of niche. Then they're like, well, I'm, I'm not an authority in this niche. I, it's like, I, I like it. I've read a few books. But why would people listen to me? Well, I think the idea of what an authority is, like when we refer to someone as being an authority in that niche, that's just really, all it really means is that they are widely regarded by other people in that niche, by the general public who are interested in that topic as someone who influences the discussion. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are the best person who most knowledgeable person with the newest best information 
And in many cases, in fact, in most cases, that's absolutely not the case at all. You don't need a qualification, a degree, or even a high school diploma to start a website on any topic you want. Anyone can do it. And in many cases, anyone does do it. What differentiates you in being a, in a or what makes you into an authority is your following and the quality of what you're teaching. Although we always encourage people to aim for the higher end of the quality spectrum as it's a big influencer and in sort of establishing yourself, it's not essential. And there's a lot of people, especially in health, which is what niche we're in, there's a lot of people spouting out a lot of just scientifically false information, like just plain wrong. And they present it in such a way to as if they are an authority and they're, they're qualified and they, they know what they're talking about. In some cases, millions of people believe them and they're, they're just wrong. I mean, it's proven beyond any reasonable doubt that, that that's the case. So don't worry too much about if you feel you're not good enough at something because chances are even the people at the very top, they're also questioning themselves. And, and it's, it's a good trait to have to question yourself and to kind of say, am I really good at this? Do I need to learn more? So like the actual steps in order to overcome this are research it. So you mentioned before about being able to read the most popular book on Amazon. I think that's a really good starter to try and get an understanding of, of what's involved in, in this niche and all the areas, different areas that people are talking about. Follow what other people are writing, what other people are talking about, what the top bloggers in that, in that niche are saying. Interpret that in your own way. Combine different elements of what each of them are, are saying. Bring in your own opinion or your own expertise on, on that matter and kind of give it a different angle. And really, though, just like just do it, like get involved in it. And um, it's very, I mean, if you look back at the first posts on Health Ambition or Authority Hacker, they're terrible yeah. just because we didn't really know what we were talking about at the time so much. And, and that's fine. People learn and evolve and, and, and get better over time. No one's expecting you to be hit a home run with delivering some groundbreaking Nobel Prize winning blog post in the first day. You know, it's just not going to happen like that. Yeah, I mean, one thing I want to say as well is you don't have to be an expert. What you can do is you can interview experts and you can just be someone that claims to be interested in the topic and trying to learn more and you're just learning more with your audience. So, for example, John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire did that. Essentially, what he did is he interviewed a thousand entrepreneurs, tried to learn what they do, etc., and eventually did okay himself, a lot because of the connections he made through doing the interviews and then just became an authority himself. And I think that's a good example. Another really famous example of someone that is an authority without knowing anything is Oprah. It's like Oprah, the whole system is, let's invite experts to talk about that stuff, and she will just be hosting the show. And finally, the last example of someone that didn't know anything when they started was NerdFitness, NerdFitness.com. Steve Clem, when there's a podcast coming up about his business, and basically he was just interested in fitness, and started a website and said, hey, I know nothing, but this is, I mean, I know a little bit, but this is what I know. And then started learning more as he was writing the website. And eventually, NerdFitness is a really profitable and well-recognized site right now. So that's a pretty cool one. Anything else on the on authority? Yeah, just one last point is, if you're concerned that you're not, as, like, if you're not good enough, so to speak, then maybe like narrow down your niche a little bit more. So rather than doing health, you can do one specific area that you really know a lot about. For example, I don't know. Um, Slimming tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there are sites about that. Why not? Yeah, it's big actually. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's basically it. It's like if you really start reading a book, if you can't finish the book, don't pick that niche. And then if you are not an authority on that topic, interview people, borrow their authority, and then research and get good at it as you practice. But you won't be good on your first blog post. That's basically the summary of that point. Then the third thing that people tell us, and that's a big one, is I don't know where to start. What do I do first? Okay, so the first thing you do is you need to figure out how to make money. The goal of any business is to make a profit, to make money. And you can apply all of the marketing techniques and strategies in the world if you don't have your sort of core money-making activity figured out, then they're, they're pointless. I mean, you need to always remember like w- what you're trying to do and not get sort of caught up in the hype of, oh, I can get 500% more search traffic or I can double the amount of emails I'm, I'm getting each day. I mean, that's great, but you only apply those things after you figure out a way to make money. So you either need to have your own product to sell that like a physical product or an ebook or a course or a video series, something like that, or you need to be an affiliate for someone else. And that's probably the best way to start is to find good products in your industry and become affiliates for them, recommend those to, to your audience. And it's a lot less sort of time investment to do that than to, to create your own product. So in order to do that, all you really need is in some cases, you don't even need a website. You could technically do that off of Facebook and just email. But realistically, you you probably want to have a, a website, Facebook page of some sort and for your business and an email email marketing program, get response or something like that. Something simple to start with. And that's it. Like Get those three established and create the right funnels so that you can direct people towards these affiliate offers either through email or within your blog content or Facebook page or whatever, and go from there. That's all you need. Once you have that, all you need to do then is improve how many people are coming through this funnel, this cycle, and you'll just make more and more money. But you need the the core thing there. Yeah, I think it's quite important to think that you need to figure out monetization first. People really forget that. As you said, they get really, really carried on with the blogging and the marketing and stuff. And we talk a lot about the marketing because that's what we do. But... The truth is, you need to figure out the core of your business first. It's so important. And we actually do something called the monetization spreadsheet, usually at the beginning of our business. And we actually maintain that one on Health Ambition and uh, Authority Hacker as well, where we basically put all, everything we sell, whether as an affiliate or as a product owner. And then when we write a blog post, when we write an email, when we do anything that's related to marketing, we can just refer back to that spreadsheet and say, okay, what do we want to promote in this email, in this blog post, or do we have anything relevant? And delivering content just makes more sense because we can take it back really, really easily with our offers and make some money out of it. So that's the one thing you want to figure out. How do I make money? And then how do I get people in front of that money-making thing? Everything in between is the marketing, is the blogging, is the social media, and so on. So that's basically it. Yeah, so just to recap there, think of it this way. It's much better to have 10 visitors to your site and five email addresses but have made $100 than have 10,000 visitors and 500 emails and made nothing. So you want to focus on the money-making aspect first before the growth aspect. Traffic and all that, they're just what we call vanity metrics. They don't actually tell you how good your business is. Health Ambition, we get a lot of traffic, but we don't make nearly as much per visitor as we do on Authority Hacker, for example. Because we learned that after, mostly. But yeah, that's basically it. 
Now, another objection that we get quite a lot, and usually this objection comes from older people. People over 40 years old give that one a lot, which is, I'm not very good with tech. So what do we tell them? I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because it certainly helps. Most people I know who are in online marketing, you know, they sort of had a computer since they were five or something like that. But equally, I know people, not just older people, I know people even like my own age who are just just atrocious. Who are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'll say his name because like, he's a friend of ours. Uh, there's a blogger, Johnny Ward is his name. He runs a website called One Step Four Ward. That's like the number four. And it's like a travel blog. And he has a few other online businesses in the back as well. And he's, he's terrible at tech. And he'll admit that himself. Like when he came to visit us in Budapest, he was still using a Hotmail for his email. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's atrocious, you know? But he is the perfect example of why you don't need to be good at tech in order to I think succeed. we need to give a, better, a bit of context on his success as well. Yeah. So you need to understand the basics. Like you need to know how to, to set up WordPress and to install a theme and to create a blog post and, and these things. But don't worry if those things sound, sound difficult to you. Go to YouTube. There's at least a thousand videos and there's a thousand blog posts, which are really good, really well done, which will show you exactly how to do it. These days, doing all these basic technical things, even setting up email autorist one is that it's quite easy. You do not need to know how to code. You do not need to know how to program anything like that. It's very, very straightforward. And Gail and I, we know a tiny bit of like HTML and, and whatnot, but we're not programmers in, in the slightest. You know, anything complex comes up, then we, we hire someone to do that. And you can do that these days on, on Upwork and these other platforms. You can very easily get designers to design things. We use Thrive Content Builder a lot, which we recommend, like highly recommend you use. It's like a drag and drop content builder. And you, you don't even need any design skills to create pretty good looking blog posts. So there's a lot of ways you can get over this and just have that mindset that you do have to do the basics yourself. It's not difficult to do that. And if there's anything complex you need to do, hire someone else to do it. It's like a brick and mortar company. You know, if you're running a, I don't know, a hairdresser, say, chances are you don't know how to do your accounts or do legal work. So what do you do? You just hire a lawyer, hire an accountant. What we do is the same. Yeah, pretty much. And as you said, there's a lot of services out there that simplify everything, like Thrive Themes just allows you to drag and drop on your site. You know, Active Campaign for email is like drag and drop, create your autoresponder as well. I don't think we have anything that's not drag and drop these days. So it's pretty simple once you set it up. And usually setting it up is like five minutes and there's always a YouTube video to help you. I think one thing that's really important for the tech stuff is learning how to use YouTube and Google. A lot of people just don't know how to Google information. And literally type your question in YouTube or Google. And most of the time, there will be an exact piece of content with the exact answer to what you're looking for. So just do that. And tech is going to feel a lot less scary at this point. So that's basically it for the I'm not good with tech, guys. It's, you will need to figure it out a little bit. It's really much easier than it was even two or three years ago. Yeah, but I mean, back in the day, you would have to sort of like log into the FTP and upload WordPress installation files yourself. And it was still quite straightforward. But nowadays, most hosting plans, you, there's a one-click button and it does yeah, it all. Exactly. It's like a really, you will never see a line of code if you don't want to see one. It's really easy these days, especially in the last two or three years. 
everything became drag and drop and everyone can start a website. But provided that they try. And I think I'm going to make a piece of content on like how we set up our sites because it's a very basic one, but it feels like it blocks a bunch of people. Now, the last one I get, and I think it's a, it's a big mentality one, could be an entire podcast, I guess. But the, it's like, what if I fail? What if I, I don't succeed? Like, what do I do? It's, it's going to be bad, right? Well, I mean, most people assume failure is bad, but that's actually completely incorrect. Failure is good because failure is the, the only good learning experience you'll ever get. Think of this as a, when you're a kid and you did something you weren't supposed to, or you, uh, I don't know, put your hand on the stove and, and burnt it or something like that. You're failing at whatever it was you're trying to do and you're getting sort of slightly punished for it. And you're learning, okay, so I shouldn't make that mistake again. And the exact same principle reigns true for like the entire rest of your life. Everyone fails. It's just a mindset over like how you handle that and what you, you do about it and whether you view it as a positive thing. So failure is learning. So if you know that you need to fail to learn, then try and fail as quickly as possible. Like, Don't let failure stop you from doing something. Fail, mess up, learn from it, and then start again and without making those mistakes. And you keep doing that and you will guarantee you, you will achieve whatever it is you're trying to do. There's a few really good examples of this, which if you read any like self-help book, they'll probably mention these two. One is uh, Thomas Edison, the, the inventor who invented the light bulb. It said he, he tried something like 10,000 different prototypes and examples without any success. And so it was like the, it took him 10,000 goes to, to make it a light bulb work. And then later someone asked him, you know, what would have happened if you didn't, if it didn't work on the 10,000th time or whatever the number was. And he said, well, I would still be in the lab right now trying to figure it out. And he said like pretty famously, I think he failed so many times, it was only a matter of time before he succeeded. So that's a kind of like interesting way of, of looking at it. The other more practical way from, from your own point of view is, okay, so you fail, so what? The absolute worst thing that can happen, I mean, you're not going to die if you fail. The absolute worst thing that could possibly happen to you is you go back and you do something similar to whatever it is you're doing right now. So think about that for a second. If you have a job, normal salary job, you want to start your own online business, you're scared of, of failing. Why are you scared of failing? Because you'll end up doing exactly what is you're doing right now. But you're already doing that. So really, when you think of it like that, there's almost nothing to lose. Okay, it takes a bit of time and some people will, will sort of look down on you for it. But really, like whatever, like you've got to ignore those kind of people. And more likely than not, you will have a really interesting experience. You'll learn a lot. And even if you don't succeed the first time, you try it again and you, you'll get there eventually. There's virtually nobody that I know who has seriously tried to start their own online business. And I mean seriously who has not failed, and there's virtually nobody I know who doesn't get there in the end. The only way you will not get there in the end is if you give up. Yeah, I mean, most successful people fail 10 times more than they succeed, but I think the visualizing the worst thing that can happen is the best exercise. It's like, sit 10 minutes and just visualize exactly what's going to happen, what you're going to do when everything fails. And just yes. realize that really it's not that bad. I did this actually when I 
about six years ago, seven years ago, whenever it was, I quit my job. I didn't have any kind of solid plan really about what I was going to do. I, I had a few few ideas, but I knew that, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? So the worst thing that can happen is I bought a ticket out to Asia, a one-way ticket. I was traveling around a bit. So I know I'm going to have a good experience in traveling. That's going to be fun. And the worst thing that can happen is if I end up back in the same country, i.e. the UK I'm in, doing something kind of similar, like an office job in finance, or even worse, working in a, a grocery store or something, which isn't that bad. You know, I did that in high school. That's like the worst worst thing that can happen. You're not going to die if you fail, as, as long as you're smart about it and obviously like actually try and get a job if you run out of money and these things. But you'd be amazed at what like how good you become at surviving, you know, when money becomes tight. Yeah, do you have an example of that? Yeah, so I basically ran out of money at one point. I think I was down to my, my last 1,000 euros, which is like about $1,000, something like that as well. Long story, but I ended up going to Australia where I got a working holiday visa, which was valid for one year, and I became a farmer there, like an actual farmer, not a gold farmer in World of Warcraft, like okay. real real crops. And so I was driving tractors there, never done it before, but really needed the money. It paid really well. I figured it out because I was pretty desperate and yeah, it got me back on my feet and yeah. Yeah. So it's really hard to fail, especially with like all the benefit system, etc. that there is in most countries. It'd be really hard to fail, provided you can go back and you have some family that could host you for a little bit. It's very, very, very hard to become homeless and lose everything, you know? So yeah, basically that's it. You can fail and really it won't be that bad, especially especially when you're starting out in life. I think when you're in your 20s, you should definitely, definitely take all these risks because the more responsibility you take and the more responsibility you have on your shoulders when you get kids and family and stuff, then it becomes a little bit more complicated. It's true. Uh, but once again, the worst that can happen, provided you didn't move, is, is that you will just have to go back to have a job and could be rough for a few months and then you kind of figure it out again. So you'd maybe lose maybe like a year of figuring shit out, but it's not that bad provided the up, you know, the benefits that you could get if you're successful. So it's really about that. And the truth is, if it was a f- risk-free thing to start your own business, then everyone would do it, right? Because it pays way more than having a job when it's successful. So why would everyone, anyone, sorry, take a job? It's like everyone would just start their own business. So you need to accept the risk and you need to embrace it and just accept that it's high risk, high reward. And it's the lifestyle you're choosing when you're choosing to start your own business. So that's basically it for me and for this podcast. Do you have any last words of wisdom, Mark? No, I think we covered it all. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. Remember that you can rate us on iTunes and you can then go on Atari Hacker dot com slash bonus and you get a free bonus training that we usually sell in that case is from zero to one thousand dollars a month with affiliate marketing and hopefully we'll see you guys in the next episode have a good day thanks for listening to the authority hacker podcast if you enjoyed this show don't forget to rate us on itunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium authority hacker training